Well, today we're concluding our series entitled Expect the Unexpected. And many of us in this season, we're actually expecting the unexpected. We walk into family gatherings, into the Christmas holidays, expecting something to go wrong. Something's not going to be right. Someone's going to show up late. Someone's going to forget to bring the pumpkin pie. Someone is going to have a difficult family moment. A kid's going to have a meltdown. We're having to deal with our in-laws and our outlaws, and we're just praying, God, can I just get through it? The challenge with the unexpected is simply the fact that it is unexpected. And even though we can't control the circumstances around us, I truly believe that when the unexpected shows up, we can be prepared. We can't control our life, but what we can do is prepare our heart. And I believe that it's important that we prepare our heart in advance for the moments, the unexpected moments that are gonna come. There's gonna be moments in the next couple weeks that are gonna bump up against you. And I wanna encourage you to prepare your heart for that, that you don't let fear and frustration be the thing that emerge, but instead faith and confidence in God. The ability to be flexible, the ability to adapt, the ability to say, I'm willing to give grace. But we have to decide in advance that we are prepared for the unexpected. As I was thinking about the title of our series, I was reminded of a story I heard one time about a church that had a children's Christmas program. And they had all of these little kids dressed up in different biblical characters. They had a little girl dressed up as Mary. They had a little boy dressed up as Joseph. They had some boys off to the edge who were in bathrobes dressed up as shepherds and they were fidgeting and fidgeting and fidgeting, waiting for their moment in the story where they could come and see the baby Jesus. But at one point in the, in the program, Joseph and Mary were traveling through Bethlehem looking for a place to stay. And the plan was for Joseph to go up to one of the houses, knock on the door, and a little girl was supposed to open the door and come out and say one line. She had only one line, and the line was, there's no place at the end. There's no place at the end. And so Joseph goes up, and he knocks on the door, and the little girl opens the door, and Joseph says to her, I have my wife Mary here with me. We're looking for a place to stay. Can we stay here? And this little girl paused for a moment. She looked at her friends. These were her friends from church, the young boy and the young girl, and right before she was about to say her one line, she said, yes, come on in. We have plenty of room. And everybody in the crowd burst out in laughter and the kids director didn't know what to do because the story went different than the way it's told in the Bible. And it got me thinking, the little girl might have gotten the story wrong but I think she got it right, actually. For you see, we need to allow God to move in our life. And I wanna invite you to prepare your heart for the unexpected things that God wants to do. In fact, I've titled today's message, The Unexpected Joy. The Unexpected Joy. For you see, I believe God wants to bring unexpected joy to us in this season. I want us to expect the unexpected joy of God to emerge. I believe that if we look carefully, if we look through spiritual eyes, we'll discover the unexpected joy that God has for us. 
For you see, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness and joy. Happiness is situational. It depends on what is happening outside of us. If things are going good, we're happy. If things are going bad, we're sad. But joy is something that we can have at any moment in time in our life. We can have joy whether things are going well or whether they're going poorly. Why? Because joy is something that God gives us. We can have joy at any moment. In fact, I think some of us should underline Nehemiah 8.10. It says this, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. Some of us are relying on everything to be perfect in order for us to be happy. And what God is saying is you can have joy and joy unspeakable in any moment and in every moment. Now, we don't rejoice when life is hard. We actually rejoice because Jesus is with us in the hard moments. We don't rejoice because life is hard. We rejoice because Jesus is with us in the hard times. This is what I've seen time and again, is that joy is something that God gives us. He wants to cultivate it within us. And here's the main theme of this entire message. Find Jesus and you'll discover unexpected joy. Find Jesus and you'll discover unexpected joy. So this Christmas season, I invite you to find Jesus to discover the joy. For you see, happiness depends on external things, but joy depends on the eternal king. Let me say that one more time. Happiness depends on external things, but joy depends on the eternal king. He's the one that gives it to us. So today I wanna tell you a story of some people who found unexpected joy in the Christmas story. It's a story of shepherds who are going about their every day taking care of sheep, and all of a sudden, some angels appear to bring good news. At first they were terrified, but then they discovered unexpected joy. So I wanna invite you to join me in Luke chapter two, starting at verse six. We're gonna look at verses six through 12. And then as I go through the message, we're gonna unpack a couple more verses to see the entire story. I invite you to open up your Bible, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. Luke chapter two, verse six and following. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Imagine that. They're standing there, an angel shows up and they don't know if it's gonna be good news or bad news. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. They encountered the unexpected and their first response was fear. But then the angel says, hey, I've got good news for you. And I believe that God wants to bring unexpected joy to you today and in the days and weeks to come. And today I wanna share with you four ways to discover unexpected joy. Number one, make room for Jesus. In fact, I wanna invite you to say it with me. Make room for Jesus. Make room for Jesus. Verses six and seven says this, while they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
In the original story, when Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem, there was no room for them. They had to find somewhere else to stay. But more importantly, on a spiritual note, no one made room for Jesus. And it got me thinking, why was it? Why was it that God allowed in his providence for Jesus to be born in a moment where he was rejected from day one? And I just think that his humble birth wasn't an accident. He was born to a humble couple in a humble city in a humble way. Why? Because he wanted to tell us that he was a God that was accessible. He was born an outsider so that he could reach us who are outsiders. From day one, he was rejected and he was rejected so that we could be accepted. And that's the story of Jesus. When you look at the life of Jesus, he lived a life of suffering and struggle. Why? Because God permitted it. Because he knew that you and I, we would struggle in life. And he was first in all things, in obeying the word of God, but also first in the struggle of life. Every struggle you've encountered, Jesus experienced. And if he didn't experience your specific situation, he did experience that struggle on the cross. He did take the the weight and the struggle of your sin upon him. Jesus was born so that we could know him. What's also interesting about the story of the nativity is simply this, is that although we don't know exactly where Jesus was born, many biblical scholars believe that he was born in a carved out cave where sheep were taken care of, where they were born and they were taken care of. And it's fitting that the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin of the world, was born in a place where lambs were born and taken care of. But even more than that, when we look at the story of Jesus, we realize that his birth signaled the fact that Jesus was born to die. Why? Because in verse 7 it says that she wrapped him in cloths. She wrapped him in cloths. He wasn't wrapped in a blanket. He was wrapped in strips of cloth. And that signified and signaled his death. In fact, when we look at John 19, verses 40 and 41, it tells us that after his death, Jesus was wrapped in strips of linen and he was put in a garden tomb that was carved out. So at his birth, It's possible that he was born in a carved out cave and wrapped in cloths. And that signaled the fact that he would die, that he would be wrapped in cloths and that he would be put in a tomb. But here's the good news today that we need to remember is that Jesus isn't in the tomb anymore. He's the risen king. And we can rejoice today that he came, that he chose rejection so that we could be accepted. Jesus' suffering became our joy. Here's my question. This Christmas, are you willing to make room for Jesus? Are you willing to make room for him? I pray that you do. I know that there's probably still some company parties to go to and some of you are late on your shopping and I'm praying you find everything you need this next week for Christmas. And many of you, you're preparing to travel to go see family. But I'm inviting you. Maybe this afternoon, maybe at another point in a moment of free time, would you be willing to make room for Jesus in your heart? 
I believe that if you do, you'll discover unexpected joy. Here's the second way to discover unexpected joy. Believe again for good news. Say it with me. Believe again for good news. We live in a time and a culture that gives us bad news. If you want to find bad news, it's really easy. Just go to social media. Just look at what people are posting online. Just go to any of the major news networks. If you want to find bad news, you can find bad news. But I want us to believe again for good news. This is what verses 9 through 11 says. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and they were terrified. They were afraid. They were scared. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you what? Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. When the angels showed up, they were terrified. They had unexpected fear. But all that changed when the angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I believe that there are people in our life that need to hear the good news of Jesus. We need to step into our Christmas season with family and friends and allow the joy of God to radiate out of us. Don't get sucked into the negativity, into the gossip, into the frustration of family. Allow God's joy to radiate out of you. For we have the risen King living within us. And by the authority of God, we have the ability to invite God into that moment and he can change the atmosphere of every moment. My prayer for you is simply this, is that if you invite Jesus in to your Christmas holidays, I'm praying you have the best Christmas you've ever had irrespective of how it goes, irrespective of if, if someone in the family blows up, if someone has a frustration they wanna share with you, I'm praying that God would guard your heart and that unexpected joy would emerge from you. So much so that your family members say, wow, you're different this year. And you can say, yes, it's because Jesus has been working on my heart. Here's the good news. The good news is this, that Jesus turns bad news into good news. Isn't that good? Jesus turns bad news into good news. I don't know what bad news you've had recently. Maybe it's unexpected diagnosis. Maybe it's a death in the family. Maybe it's unemployment. Maybe it's a marital fracture or a family issue. Maybe someone treated you unfairly and said something wrong about you at work and now you're being demoted. I don't know what situation you're finding yourself in, but I invite you to let Jesus turn your bad news into good news because again, joy doesn't depend on what's happening around us. It's about what God wants to do within us. We need to let him to come in. And Jesus creates joy, why? Because joy is not an emotional feeling, it's spiritual confidence in God. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling, it's something that's spiritual. Jesus can create joy in us and it's the confidence that God will show up in the hard times. I don't know why I'm leaning into this, but I believe some of you, you feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like God has forgotten you. You feel overlooked, you feel overwhelmed. And I'm here to tell you under the authority of scripture that God is going to show up for you. All you need to do is invite him in, make room for him, believe for good news, believe that he's gonna show up for you and be present with you. This is what the entirety of scripture says, that Jesus, 
made himself known to us. He put on flesh so that we could know him. And he didn't leave us in a lurch. He actually gave us the entirety of scripture so that we could know him. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Do you know that the Bible is Jesus in written form? This is Jesus in written form. If you need good news, don't go to CNN or some other news channel. Look at the B-I-B-L-E. Go to the Bible and you'll find the good news you need. More importantly, joy is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. You may be in a great moment. Jesus is with you. You may be in a hard moment and Jesus is with you. For you see, God proves his authority over all things in the middle of the storm, not on the shore. God proves his authority in the middle of the storm, not on the, on the shore. And I know some of you are right in the middle of the storm. Let Jesus be your joy. Let him be your confidence. In fact, I want to invite you to underline and highlight in your Bible, Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Some of us, we need to have this as our life verse. It says this, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Friends, believe again for good news. Here's a third way to discover unexpected joy. Worship Jesus because heaven does. Say it with me. Worship Jesus because heaven does. Look at what happens in this story, verse 13 and following. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. These angels were used to declaring the glory of God in heaven. But the glory of God in heaven, what it does is it creates peace on earth. There's something that happens when we worship God in heaven, peace comes down. Worship is something that will destroy the worry in your life and it'll bring peace. Worshiping God is so important. The angels have a hint. They have an understanding of Jesus that we don't. They get the privilege of seeing Jesus in his full glory. And so they worship him. And we can learn a lesson from the angels that we need to give glory to God no matter what comes. We can say, thank you, Jesus. Yes, this is a hard moment, but thank you, Jesus. You're with me. Why do we worship here at Westover? Why do we encourage you to worship at every moment of your life? Why? Because worship is giving God the honor he deserves. And worship, I believe, is spiritual eye surgery for the soul. Worship is spiritual eye surgery for the, for the soul. Often what happens in life is we look at our circumstance and say, oh no, this is too big. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm worried about this situation. And God's saying, wait, 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 look up, look up, look higher, look at me. Worship shifts our focus from ourselves to him. Allows us to see him clearly. And when we give him the honor that he deserves, he becomes bigger than the problems that we face. He lives in the highest heaven. But as the story of the nativity tells us, he came to earth so that he could be among us. And he's here present for you. I want you to lean into the fact that Jesus is present right here, right now, right next to you. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, 
I'm facing a situation I can't overcome, and I believe you can help me. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't fight this battle alone. Let God fight for you. Also, as you step into your family situation, I want to give you an ability to see what's happening in your family spiritually. You know, there's people in your family that you struggle with. They're difficult to deal with. Even when things are going great, they create chaos and it's difficult to deal with. There's a passage in James 4.1 that helps us understand what's happening with them. James 4.1 says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Anytime you see someone in a peaceful moment create chaos, know that they're dealing with the battle on the inside. So don't respond emotionally, don't react. Pray for them. Pray for them. In fact, pray for them before you go. Say, God, let your peace be in their heart. Calm down the fight and the struggle that is within them. And I believe that if we make space for God, make space for Jesus, what will happen is then the Holy Spirit will come in and he'll give us the fruit of the Spirit. This is what Galatians 5, and 23, this is the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of us, we need, we need all of that. We need the full complement of what the Holy Spirit can, get, can give us because we have some difficult people in our family. I've got great in-laws, but I'm not complaining about them. <laughs> but there's moments in time when we have difficult people we have to deal with. And we need to ask God to be a part of it. I'm praying that God would provide peace for you on the inside because peace on the inside will create peace on the outside. I'm praying that he helps you become a non-anxious presence in your family gatherings. Some of us, we need a prayer prayer like this. Jesus, I'm about to step into a moment that's gonna be difficult and I need you to prepare my heart. Be in control of me. Give me the words and the wisdom and the ability to control myself. Give me the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Give me the full complement of what your Holy Spirit can give me so that I'm ready for that moment. Be in control of me. Help me represent you well to my family. Help me, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of us, we need to pray that type of prayer so that we're ready to go. Many of us, we're waiting for the good things to come to us. We're waiting for Santa to show up. We think that Santa's the one who brings good news. We believe that that's the entirety of what we need to expect. In fact, if, if you let me digress for just a moment, I just am reminded of the fact that uh, reindeer, I don't know if you know this, but reindeer, they actually, both male and female, they have horns. Did you know that? But here's the other piece that you need to know, is that the males actually lose their horns right around Christmas time. So what does that mean? That means that Santa's sleigh is not led by Rudolph, but by Rhonda. <laughs> and wouldn't it just be fitting, ladies, that it would take eight females to drag an old guy around the world and get him places on time so that he can deliver the things he needs to deliver? Women, you guys make it happen. In fact... Husbands, I encourage you to thank your wife for the fact that they bring joy to your life and the fact that they keep you on track. 
Yeah, give them credit. Here's the fourth way to discover unexpected joy. Help people find King Jesus. Say it with me. Help people find King Jesus. Look what it says in verses 15 through 18. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen it, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were what? They were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. I love the response of these shepherds. They went and they told everybody. Here's my question. When you know good news or you have good news, what do you do? Do you stay quiet? No, you share it with everybody. I was reflecting this week on when my wife and I, we discovered that we were expecting both my son and daughter, Aiden and Alexis. We were overjoyed. We were overjoyed. And we couldn't wait to tell my parents and my in-laws. And when we shared the news with them, they too were overjoyed, but didn't stop there. Then we were able to tell everybody that we were expecting. And God blessed us with two great kids. And I just believe that that same joy that we have when sharing with others that we are expecting should be the same joy that we should share the good news of who Jesus is, that we should help other people find King Jesus. And this is what the shepherds did. They went into their town and they told everybody, there was this this angel that showed up and he gave us good news that there was a baby that is born. He is the Messiah, he is the King, he is the Lord. And everyone was amazed. Our family needs to know the good news of who God is. They didn't stay quiet. They shared the good news. And here are two truths we can gain from this passage. Number one, Jesus can always be found. Remember at the beginning of the story, it says you will find him in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Jesus will always give us signs that point to him. I just believe that some of us, in fact, I believe all of us should be bright glaring signs that point to Jesus. My prayer is that when people look at you in the days and the weeks and in the months to come, that they'll say, you're different. There's something different about you. And then you're able to say, yes, I love Jesus and Jesus loves you too. I believe that if we allow Jesus to radiate through our life, it can transform people. Someone once said, tell people about Jesus and if necessary, use words. I believe our life can preach the truth of who Jesus is. The second truth we can gain from this is that we should tell the world about Jesus. Look at verses 17 and 18. It says this, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. This week I had a question in my mind and I decided to look it up. The question was, who were the shepherds? And as I look closely, what you can discern from the text is that it doesn't tell you whether the shepherds were young or old. 
In fact, I think most of us, when we think about it, we think that the shepherds were men, right? We think that they were older men because we see in the Bible some famous shepherds like Abraham and Moses and obviously King David. But do you know there's a possibility that they were young boys or even young girls? Yes, in the Bible, there's two examples of women being shepherdesses. We see Rachel, the youngest daughter of Laban, who is the the wife of Jacob, She was a shepherdess. And then Moses' wife, Zipporah, she was a shepherdess. In fact, Zipporah and her six sisters were actually shepherdesses. And I present this to you for this one reason, is I think God in his grace determined that it wasn't important for us to know whether they were young or old or male or female, but that what God is trying to say to us is that it takes all of us Men and women, young or old, no matter how old we are, we have the privilege of helping people find Jesus. And I want us to embrace that responsibility. We get to tell the world about Jesus and how he lives and how he wants to make their life better. And I just believe that we should do that. But I also realize that some of you who may be here today may not know Jesus. And I wanna invite you to make room for him today. In fact, if you make room for Jesus today, I believe you're gonna have a great Christmas because Christmas is gonna mean something different to you. In fact, making room for Jesus, we believe it's as clear as ABC here at Westover. A, it's admitting we need Jesus in our life. B, believing that he died on the cross to save us for sin and that his death was enough to pay the debt of sin we had against God that he rose again on the third day and see confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in our life and we want him to lead us. And I just sense in my heart that some of us who are here today, we, we need to say yes to Jesus. We need to make room for him today. And I don't want this moment to pass without giving you the opportunity to meet him. So I'm gonna invite everyone front to back, side to side, up in the balcony as well to bow our heads and close our eyes. I wanna give you the opportunity to meet and make room for Jesus. If you're at a place where you need to say yes to Jesus and you want him in your life, on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church. You're inviting Jesus into your life and into a personal relationship with you. Here it is. One, two, three. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Yes, yes. No one's looking, but God sees you. And he loves you. And here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. Those of you who raise your hands, I want you to say this prayer. In fact, I'm gonna ask all of us to say this prayer together. I invite you to say this prayer with me from your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you today. I choose to make room for you. Be in charge of my life. Please forgive my sin. Give me a new life. Give me a better future. Give me the joy I need in my life. Today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.